0: Friends, God bless you and welcome to Word of Victory. I believe, praise God, this is a word in season for you today. We just praise you and we thank you right now, Father. We join together in agreement to hear your voice, Lord. You are the Good Shepherd and Lord, we are your sheep and we know your voice and you know us and we follow your voice and we do not follow the voice of the stranger. We praise you and thank you today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that our lives will reflect will reflect your character and reflect your love Jesus in everything we do. This is our prayer today in your name. Amen. Praise God. So this is our first Sunday uh, back since uh, lockdown began in Ireland and praise God you know I I understand many people may not be able to make it to church and so we're still going to do these podcasts in a shorter version and uh, I pray God blesses you and that as we do this Bible study together that we all grow in the knowledge of him and in the knowledge of the purpose we have been created for, to honour and glorify God in the name of his son Jesus. Amen. In Matthew chapter 12, in verse, um, let's see, verse uh, verse 34, Jesus is speaking here to the the Pharisees who were judging him. He was he was actually chastising these Pharisees, these um, religious leaders, uh, the teachers of the law of God, who were constantly nitpicking and condemning him, even saying things like that. Oh, it's by by Satan's power that he's casting out these demons and that he's doing these signs and miracles. So he, they were really. Um, dishonouring and, and insulting Jesus and, and grieving and, and blaspheming, really, the, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was speaking about this um, in Matthew chapter 12, but in verse 34 he says, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil things but i say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give an account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned so you see these These Pharisees, these leaders and and teachers of the law of God were willfully rejecting the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's word, and they were willfully rejecting God's Son. And thus, the fruit they were bringing forth was bad. In fact, in in the Amplified um, Bible, in verse 14, You know, where Jesus had cast out the, um, sorry, he had prayed for a man whose hand was withered. And, uh, you know, he, if you want to look at it there, actually, just back a page. You're still in Matthew 12 and uh, in verse 9. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against Jesus, how they might destroy him. Imagine that. This is how how much vengeance they had in their hearts towards him. And like we saw there, later on, then that's what he says, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In the book of Proverbs, um, chapter uh, is it three or four, you know, we're told to guard our hearts above all else for every issue of life spring forth from them. So what we've stored up in our hearts is what we naturally will speak out or what we naturally will act out. And this is the difference between somebody who has the Spirit of God living in them and who uh, you know, loves the Lord and, and studies His Word and, and stores up His Word in their hearts there is a difference between one who has an abundance of Jesus living in them and one who has an abundance of the world system or the, the, the God of this world, Satan. And this is what the difference between good and evil. And it's, it's a, a legendary, uh, as long as time began, there is a battle between good and evil. And the, the battle is for your soul, is for your very heart. This is what the devil is after. But because you know these Pharisees, their knowledge of God was head knowledge only. It was based upon their own intellect, their their own opinions, and upon rituals, and it was not based upon relationship with God. And that is why they did not know or recognize God when He came in the flesh. They're closed hardened hearts refused to believe in Jesus. They preferred to hold on to their tradition, which had no power, rather than admit that they needed a savior and that they didn't have the answers and that they couldn't keep the law because no man can keep the law. God gave the law. That's what the old covenant is. It's what the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament in the Bible is. The Old Testament was the law and man could not keep the law. And in fact, what happened was, was that man perverted the law and started adding more laws to it. God gave 10 commandments. But by the end of of the Old Testament, you know, there was something like, I don't know, is it like over 600 and something laws? Who could keep that? And this is where the, the Savior came in. This is where God's Messiah fulfilled all the law and the prophets for us so that we could be saved. He paid the price. He laid down his life. He's the one who went to the cross. Nobody else. There was no one else who was perfect and who was sinless, only Jesus. Because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These people were trusting in their own works and that's what man's religion teaches them to do. Listen, do good works, do good things. uh, You know, try your best. Try your best now to be good and be nice. And then, you know, hopefully, God, if you catch him on a good day, he'll give you a little bit of slack and he'll bring you in and let you into heaven and let you in to a life of of blessing. This is complete deception. Um, They were trusting in their own works, their outward shows to save them. But you see, there was no inward transformation. This is what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. He transforms us from the inside out. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. And I'm gonna read it from the Amplified Bible. It's just a different translation, uh, or a a different, uh, more expanded version, I suppose. The the vocabulary has been amplified to include, um, because of the Hebrew language is so um, vast, in comparison to the English language, the, the meanings, there's much broader meanings. And uh, so that's what the amplified version is. Uh, it gives a little bit more amplification to the words. In verse, uh, this is Matthew 15, verse seven. Uh, again, the Pharisees were on his case and they were giving out to Jesus about, oh, your, your, your apostles or your disciples, they don't follow our you know, extreme hand-washing rituals and Jesus called them out on it and he told them, you know, you've you've perverted God's law and you've uh, indoctrinated people with your own traditions that have nothing to do with God and by those traditions you have nullified the Word of God. And in verse 7 he said, you hypocrites, you play actors, you pretenders, rightly Did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. So they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And in vain, in verse 9, but in vain do they worship me. So this is why many earnest people who pray sincerely and, you know, and, and, and they pray according to the traditions that they have been taught and And Jesus dealt with this in Matthew chapter six, if you want to go back there and, and see it yourself. You know in Matthew chapter six, he said, "Do not repeat vain babbling prayers over and over and over and over again. Do not display your your fasting in front of people. Do not display you know your head covered with ashes instead." go into your room, go into your closet, the closet is a pretty small room isn't it, go into your wardrobe, go on try and fit, now you ladies squeeze the clothes aside (laughs) and fit into that closet. He said go into your closet and close the door and pray to your father there. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So again, we're going back here to this self-righteousness, this you know, displaying of works and doing good works and doing charitable deeds in order to receive honor. But you see, the Lord said, you may receive honor from men, but that's it because you don't know God. That's not what he wants. God is interested in the heart. And so this is why many prayers go unanswered because in vain they do worship me. They teach as doctrines the commands or the precepts of men. This is so sad that many godly, wonderful, deeply spiritual people are being led astray by the commands and doctrines of men laws that were created and written by men and that have absolutely nothing to do with Scripture and nothing to do with the relationship of knowing who our Father, our loving Heavenly Father is and who his Messiah, his Son is. And in verse 10, after Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, listen and understand this. It is not what goes into the mouth of a man that defiles and dishonors him but what comes out of the mouth this defiles and dishonors him then the disciples in fact I think it was Peter um, oh yes later on it's Peter the disciples came and said to him do you know that the Pharisees were offended when, you he- when they heard you say this listen the church needs to be offending people I'll tell you because the, this world is being run by the God of this world who is Satan and when the church lies down and accepts and and not, utters not a word and, and doesn't even know the difference between what is right and wrong, God help us all. I still think of, you know, back in, in the book of First Kings 18, when Elijah came and and King Ahab came out to meet him and he said, What do you want, you troubler of Israel? The pro, you know, the 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 prophet of God was seen by the world as being a right pain in the butt to them because he was disrupting their plans of evil. And maybe this is why the world is in such a mess because the church is asleep and apathetic and saying, oh, where is there a word for me? I want, I want, I want. Oh, I came to church, I got nothing out of it, listen. If you're going to church or if you're going into a Bible study, it's not what you get out of it, it's what you bring. You bring your reverence. You bring your honor before the God of heaven because you're standing on holy ground. So the disciples were worried that the Pharisees had been offended. And Jesus said, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant will be torn up by the roots leave them alone they are blind guides leading blind followers if a blind man leads a blind man both will fall into a pit and peter asked him explain this parable about what defiles a person to us and he said are you still so dull and unable to put things together or unable to comprehend do you not understand that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated but whatever word comes out of the mouth comes from the heart and this is what defiles and dishonors the man and everywhere you hear Jesus talking about the man he's talking about mankind he's talking about the human person he's, you know for out of the heart come evil thoughts and plans murders adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slanders, verbal abuse, irreverent speech, blaspheming. These are the things which defile and dishonor the man. But eating with ceremonially unwashed hands does not defile the man. And Jesus made it very clear here that there is a massive difference between empty ritual and what really is in the heart. And you remember in 1 Samuel when Samuel went to anoint the new king, God told him it was a son of Jesse. And Jesse paraded out all his sons before him in 1 Samuel 15, I think it is, or 16. And Jesse brought out all his sons. And he had, you know, he brought out six of them. He had seven sons. and. When Samuel saw the first one and the second one and the third one and the fourth one, you know, every one of them, he said, what a fine man. God, what a great king this man will make. Oh, he looks so good. And God said, stop it. You're judging by what's on the outward appearance. I don't judge what's on the outward appearance. I judge of what's in their heart. And he rejected every one of them that Samuel, you know, being the prophet, had, had seen as being great. Praise God. Anyway. Let's get back to this. God looks at the heart and he doesn't look at the outward show. And so these things that, that defile the man in, in, the, in the Pharisees' eyes were, oh, they're, they're doing their rituals and they don't have their hands washed. They're not drying them properly. They're not washing, you know, um, shining up their outward, their outward appearance. And that word defiles it, you know, as as we read there in the Amplified, it dishonors him, renders him loathsome. Actually, is the other translation. Renders him loathsome, abominable, and odious in the sight of God. They're all really bad words. <laughs> and in the dictionary, you know, to defile something means to damage the purity of it. It means that it's been marred or spoilt. And it also means that it's been desecrated or profaned. And the word defile also relates to rape. When a person, a man or a woman is raped, assaulted, it means they they are defiled. Another has defiled them, has done an atrocity against them. So this is serious, what Jesus is speaking of here. And it's all to do with the words that are coming out of people's mouths, that are springing forth from the abundance of what is in their hearts. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, in chapter 18, I'm sure you know this verse. If you don't, you need to know it. Proverbs 18, verse 21. And again, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, and indulge it, will eat its fruits and bear the consequences of their words. That's heavy, isn't it? We need to wake up to the fact that our words have power for good, life, and our words have power for bad, death, and curse. And that death and curse not only affects us but it affects those ones we have directed the words at and those words that we have spoken about others or about ourselves they will bear fruit even for generations you know our descendants are affected by them those who love it and indulge it either the death or the life Will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. We read already in Matthew 12 that Jesus said, You will give an account for every idle word you have spoken. That is why we need to be quick to repent when we speak idle, stupid, uh, malicious, you know, words, negative words over ourselves, over our children, over others. We need to repent and ask forgiveness for those idle words because otherwise we're facing judgment on judgment day. And either we will be justified by our words or we will be condemned by them. So this is really, really serious. God takes the power of our words seriously because we have been created in his image and his likeness. And if we go back to Genesis, to the start of everything, it was by his words he created. Our God, our, our covenant with God is a speaking covenant because His uh, creative power is in His is in His words. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. And God said, you know, and it's no different today. And that is why, you know, uh, often astronomers and NASA and all those guys are amazed when they. They find new planets, new stars, and they they find that there's billions and billions and billions that they have not yet even discovered or or seen or galaxies and and all this, and and they're shocked. And they're saying, where's it all coming from? It's because God said, let us create this, let us make this, And and he never said, and then stop it. So it's the same with us. Our words have such power in them. We need to get that deep down inside of us. And then we will be very guarded about what we say. And listen, we all make mistakes. And we all, you know, the devil uses he is clever and he pushes those trigger buttons that get us to bing, explode, and lash out with our tongue. But the difference is is the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of us will say, oh, hang on a minute, watch your words, or repent. (laughs) Father, I ask you to forgive me. Oh, I missed the mark, I sinned. I ask you to, to cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. And I break the power of those negative words I spoke over myself. And, and people very often, you know, we do it and we don't even hear ourselves doing it. If you actually stop and listen to our conversations, a lot of what we, what we speak even over ourselves are, are curse words, negative. So we will have a harvest in our lives of either life or death and we have a decision to make. What is going to live in me in abundance? Is it going to be death and destruction and defilement upon myself, upon my family, upon others? Uh, You know, that's what death brings And, and not to mention the separation that it brings between me and God. Or Am I going to have life in me in abundance? Am I going to allow my life to be orchestrated and ordained by the spirit of life himself, the Holy Spirit? It's my life, it's my mouth and it's my choice. God gave us all a free will. Both Joshua and Moses in the Old Testament Joshua in Joshua 24 and Moses in Deuteronomy 30. They both urged God's people as they finished their ministries upon this earth. The last thing they did, both of them, was urge God's people to make a decision. Whom will you serve? And what will you serve? Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the living God. Moses said, today I lay before you life and blessings or death and curse. You choose. These things have an effect and they have a consequence in our lives right now, here and now, but also in our descendants lives. Because the devil is always after your seed let's go to Proverbs chapter 16 just two chapters back Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24 and this really is the the summation of my I've been thinking about this scripture all week um, Proverbs uh, 16, chapter 16, verse 24. It says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. In the Amplified it says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet and delightful to the soul and healing to the body or the flesh. You know, the bees make their honeycomb and they make it together. They each contribute to the building of the honeycomb. Each bee has to eat almost eight ounces of honey in order to make one ounce of of wax to make the, the actual hexagonal structure of the comb. So it's a laborious task. And when the structures, the hexagonal structures are made, each of, they they, they place them upon each other and so these are the framework and the strength for the whole hive and it's not just for this generation of bees either but it's for their their future descendants. The bees live in the honeycomb and they work there. They lay their larvae, their eggs, in the honeycomb. And they also place their nectar in the honeycomb to make more honey. And they they store it, they use the honeycombs, you know, to store the nectar as well as storing their eggs to get them through the long winter when there's no nectar and no flowers. So the honeycomb is a place of strength and structure for the group and for the whole community. The honeycomb is a place of safe habitation for each individual bee. The honeycomb is a place of industry, of provision and of sustenance for times of lack. And the honeycomb is a place of conception, of protection and birth and then legacy for the future generations and descendants. Isn't that amazing? And God said that our words are like a honeycomb. God reveals here in this scripture the power, the life-giving power that will strengthen and sustain, protect and reproduce for generations that is in our words. This power that is in our words is a life-giving power and it will strengthen us and others. It will sustain us and others. It will protect us and others and it will reproduce for us and for others, for those whom we speak those pleasant words to, those gracious words, those building words. The word pleasant here, it means gracious, it means kind, it means words that build up. And it translates from a root. um, Again here we have the Hebrew vocabulary. And one of the roots of the word pleasant that God used here, he could have used many words to describe what a honeycomb is like to the body, you know, or what these words are like to the body, but he used the word pleasant that also means um, the word stave, S-T-A-V-E, and a stave talks about the timbers that hold up the whole building, you know, the timber structure from which a building is made is called a stave, and that's another meaning for this word pleasant. And it also, a stave is also <clears throat> the five lines upon which a composer will write his musical piece. So when when a composer is, is composing music, the five lines he writes upon, that's called a stave. Isn't that amazing? That our words are akin to a structure that holds a building up, or to a uh, The actual piece upon which musical masterpieces are written upon. That's the power of our words to somebody. This is a word for the whole body. We are all members of the body of Christ and we carry the Holy Spirit of God within us. We are sealed and branded with his mark and thus we should be uh, producing his fruit. Our words are where our fruit is displayed according to Jesus remember that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks by their fruit you will know them so our words emanate from our hearts and as we fill our heart with God's word with his promises with his ways what will come forth from our hearts will spill out of our mouths naturally and will change has the power to change people's lives has the power to change our children's futures, has the power to change our communities and even our nations by us speaking forth God's Word and by us having an abundance of His Word inside of our hearts and speaking forth words of graciousness, words that build up, not words that tear down. And this is the difference between those Pharisees we saw in the beginning in Matthew They were looking at how they could destroy Jesus because he was turning people away from them because he spoke with words that held authority quite unlike the Pharisees. You see, there is a difference between the word of God and between man's commands and precepts. The difference is the demonstration of the power of God, of the Holy Spirit himself. And you know, there are demonic influences That are holding our children, that are holding our families, that are holding our nations bound. And it is time for the church to use God's weapon, his word in our mouths, to defeat Satan and to quench his attacks. We need to take back our dominion and we need to use our authority. There are too many church people who are totally asleep, who are totally oblivious What is going on in the world And they are in agreement with the devil's words They are pronouncing wrath And judgment upon people And God said The day of wrath and the day of judgment Is the last day It is not now what we are seeing Is what the enemy is pouring out And he is using people who are ignorant of God's words And who have taken their eyes off of Jesus And they are in agreement with the devil And they are speaking out curse They are speaking out words of death and not words of life. It is time to stop discussing what the devil is doing. That is just what he wants. It's a distraction from the purpose that God created us for. Instead, we need to take the time to seek God's face, to hear his voice, to obey him, and get on the offensive with the sword of the spirit and use our words to build up and not tear down. Because friend, builders leave a legacy. And that is the fruit we will eat. And by their fruits, you will know them. In the same way that I'm not a botanist and there's a lot of trees I know and there's a lot of trees I certainly don't know. And how I know a tree is when I go up to it and I'll see what kind of fruit is on that tree. And that's how I'll know what tree it is. And it is the same with us as believers. What kind of fruit are we producing? Because that's the legacy we're leaving. And that is what our descendants and what our uh, future holds for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come back and we'll break bread. And I, I, I look forward to meeting you back here, friend. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just praise you right now, Lord, as we join together to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And uh, my mom is here with me as well. So we have the power of agreement here. And We just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, we submit to you and we surrender to you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, let your anointing fall on us, Lord, Mm -hmm. right here and our brothers and sisters who are here with us as well in agreement. And we thank you for a mighty move of your spirit right across our nation, right across the nations of the world. Father, we praise you and we thank you, Lord. Jesus, you came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through Through you you might be saved. And we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for your love being poured out upon all the nations, upon all the ages, Lord. We bring each generation to you, Lord, and we cry out to you, Father, for their destiny to be fulfilled, for the very purposes, that you created them for, Lord, that uh, they would come to pass, Lord, because you said, Lord, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. And we bind up the enemy over mm-hmm. all the the different generations, the age groups, Father God, the young and the old, mm-hmm. uh, the children and, and the older generations, the middle-aged generations. Father, we cry out tonight for a mighty move of your spirit and We thank you in the name of Jesus for what you're about to do on this Mm -hmm. earth, Lord. And one touch from your spirit, Father God, Mm -hmm. changes everything in a a split second. Mm And we thank you, Father, no matter how dark the circumstances, no matter how difficult uh, situations have been that people have lived through, whatever trauma that you have been through. Listen, friend, God loves you, and he wants to break every yoke off your back. That's why Jesus said, come to me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mam is a word here in, in the book of Joel, and it's Joel
1: chapter two, is it? Yeah. 28. Verse 28, out loud. So. God's spirit poured out. <clears throat> and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also on my men menserv- men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days.
0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that that your word will come to pass. Yes. That's what you've promised, Amen. Lord. And you're not a man that you should lie. Mm-hmm. And we thank you, Father, that the gates of hell, like we said, shall not prevail against your kingdom. Yes. In Jesus' thank name, God. we pray. Let your kingdom come. come. Let your will, will be, be, done be done on this land. earth, Lord, as, as it is in heaven. heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll take the bread now Amen. and we'll take the, the cup. And, you know, this meal or this communion meal, it's, it's merely uh, symbolic and what we're doing is we're celebrating what Jesus did for us at the cross, mm-hmm. because without him laying down his life and without him coming to save us, we could never be saved. Mm-hmm. There is nothing uh we could ever do to make ourselves right with God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing we could ever do that would make ourselves holy enough to come into his presence. Thank and Jesus. right now, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of God falling upon each one of us and that we... Uh, that you would minister to us, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Mm -hmm. that we are standing in your presence on holy ground, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which has cleansed us from every sin. Yes. And, you know, we've been talking today about idle words and about curse words and about words that have that we have spoken out over ourselves, over other people, perhaps that other people have spoken out over you. And, and we just come against those words right now. And that's what Amen. we're going to take yes. this meal for today. We're going to stand in the court of heaven before the throne of almighty God, the most high, the creator of the heavens and the earth our loving Heavenly Father who loves us so much and we come before Him through the blood of His Son, Jesus. Jesus. That's how we have been made right with God and that is how we have access into His throne room. And we thank You, Jesus, for the blood that has cleansed us. Mm -hmm. And we we take this bread today, Lord, and this cup, and we're taking this meal uh, to remember what You did for us, Jesus, the new covenant was written in your blood mm-hmm. that has given us right standing and righteousness yes. the mm-hmm. gift of righteousness for free and the free gift of salvation so that we could be saved and so that we could be reconciled unto our father in heaven as if we had never sinned mm-hmm. and so uh, we just say this prayer together father god
1: father god I come, to you I come to you in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus, your, son, Jesus your Son, who
0: died for me, died for me and, gave his life and gave his life so that I could be saved. So that I could be saved. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I take this bread today, I take this bread today
1: as, a as a symbol of
0: your body that was broken for me,
1: of your body which was broken for me so
0: that I could be healed. So in my physical, body, my physical body, in my heart, in my, heart. My, emotions, my emotions, in my mind, my mind. in my relationships. In my relationships. I, ask me, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, Jesus, for every idle word, for
1: every idle word
0: that I have ever spoken. That I have ever spoken. I repent repent of cursing, of of blaspheming blaspheming, or of of using your name in vain or or of judging or criticizing others. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, I thank you for washing me me with your blood blood. and I receive wholeness
1: wholeness
0: and, and and your favor. And your forgiveness forgiveness. in Jesus' name. name. And I forgive every person person who has ever cursed me me or or my family. Or judged us, or criticised. Criticized I release the power of those words. I release the power of those words. I break them over, I my, break fa- them over my family and myself, and myself. In, the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. And I declare all those words, I all
1: those words
0: emptied, of all their power
1: emptied of all their
0: power over me, over me. And, over and over others, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 So Amen. we take the bread. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, and yeah. we take the cup. Father God, Father God, we take this cup today. We take
1: this cup today in
0: remembrance in remembrance of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, your son, your son, that was shed for us, was shed for us at the cross, at the cross, so we could be forgiven, so we could be forgiven. We thank you, Jesus. We
1: thank you, Jesus.
0: We do this in remembrance of we you. We do
1: this in remembrance of you.
0: Amen. Amen. Take the thank cup. You, Hallelujah. I just want to read one last scripture, and it's in 1st John 1. For, sorry, 1st John so it's John's epistle at the back of the Bible um, the last book before Revelation I think or is it yeah no, second last book before Revelation, Jude is the second last book so this is the third last book, uh, 1st John chapter 4 and it says, and I'm reading from the NLT in verse um 15 1 John 4.15 fifteen. First John well, first. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have an argument here. <laughs> right. Anyway, First John 4.15 um, All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels or casts out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. Mm -hmm. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God, must also love their brothers and sisters, Amen. and so we leave you with that today, friend. You, that we, uh, you know, we live like Jesus, and that's the transformation that happens when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We don't want to do those things anymore, and instead of tearing people down with our words, we will build them up. Amen. And any time that someone tries to tear us down, we forgive them. But we understand spiritual warfare and break the power of their words and every curse that has emanated from those words and send them back into the enemy's camp and cut ourselves off from them. So, you know, any time that somebody is is coming against you or speaking against you or judging you or jealous or whatever, whatever the, the roots of, of that uh, conflict is, you just say, Lord Jesus, I break the power of those negative words, curse words or, or, or words of failure, words of lack or whatever it was, uh, words of judgment. I cancel out those words. I, I renounce them. I refuse to receive them. And I refuse to receive the spirit of strife that's working with that person. Mm-hmm. I ask you to bless them. I forgive them in the name and the person of Jesus. But Father God, I send back their words and I cast them to the ground. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father. Your word promises me that no weapon fashioned against me or my family shall prosper. In Jesus' name. Every tongue that has risen in judgment against us, we condemn and we command it so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friend. Talk to you soon.
2: Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord does not count iniquity and in whose spirit there is no disease. When I kept silent, my bones were wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was changed into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity, I did not concede. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly will pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely the floods of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will preserve me from trouble. You will surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. Do not be as a horse or as the mule that are without understanding. They must be restrained with bit and bridle, or they will not come near you. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but lovingkindness will surround the men who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Amen. The Aaronic Blessing The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.